This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You are listening to Sunday Morning Live. That is FML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Today is Sunday, October the 10th, 2021. Wherever you are, we are hoping that you are having a great day. This is your hostess, Sister Maria. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and Thursday, Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. If you are looking for a church home, looking for ministry and growth, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and allow God to be God. If you didn't know, we are inside the pages. Sunday, the book of Revelation. Tuesday, the book of Daniel. And Thursday, Acts of the Holy Ghost. I have a testimony that each day, my will is that I am following the will of God. That way I know that without a doubt, He is with me. He will bless me. I just want to encourage somebody on today. Our opening scripture will be read by Brother Don. The next voice you will hear after opening scripture and song will be our pastor and yours, Pastor Henderson. Join us in praise and worship as we welcome the word of God. Saints and friends, today's opening scripture will be Psalms 18, 1 through 4. I will love the Lord. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. In whom will I trust? My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I, so shall be from my enemies. The sorrow of death compassed me, and the floods of the ungodly band made me afraid. May the Lord add a hearing to the add a blessing to the hearers of the word. Have a nice day. Certainly, we thank and praise God for his goodness and his grace on this day. Uh, our prayer is that you are and will have a blessed day as it has been echoed uh, several times now. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. If nobody have told you that, and I know that I've had some days where it seemed impossible to rejoice. It seemed impossible to open my mouth up and, and 
uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm not one of those that, that tell you, well, I praised him above everything, and you know, and it was hot like fire shut up in my bones, and I couldn't help myself. No, there are times, because even Jeremiah was dealing with that, that he could just could not get his mouth open until he felt the unction, and he didn't know he was going to feel that unction at that time. And so I just want you to know that whatever you're going through today, whatever you're dealing with, somebody's dealing with something right now, you know, and I don't need to know your business. God knows your business and he's the most important to know everything. And he has the answer to everything. And so we're going to, we have a song that we want to, want to help you, want you to help me sing a little bit of a song. But before that, let's, let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness. Lord God, for all that you have done. Lord God, we thank you for what you are going to do. Lord Jesus, for giving us some insight, Lord God, of ourselves. Lord, so that we could make changes. Lord God, for enlightening us giving us a better understanding of the assignment that you have given unto humanity for those that are willing to accept it. Lord God, we honor you today for salvation. We honor you, Lord God, in your name. Lord God, for your name is above every name. Lord, we honor your word, for your word is even above your name. Lord, we ask that you would help us to govern ourselves according to your word. Lord God, bless those that are listening. You know the need of every individual. You know the spoken requests. You know the requests that have uh, been unspoken. Lord Jesus, you know and you see all things. There's nothing hidden from you. For the, the night and the darkness is as light to you. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless, Lord God, and that you would deliver. Lord Jesus, those that are crying out, seeking you, Lord God, for help. Lord God, we touch and agree that they line up with your will, Lord God, and that you would send help. Lord God, we thank you right now, Lord God, for you are a present help in the time of trouble. We thank you, Lord God, because you are there and have always been there while we were in trouble, when things was going well. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, and for the deliverance that you are going to bring Lord God, for the souls that are being saved, those that are coming into the fold, those that are seeking you, those that are asking, what must I do? Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we'll be careful to give your name praise and to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not going to bore your patience this morning, but I'm going to just going to ask you if you would help me with a little bit of this song. Don't laugh at me if I, if I don't get it all right, you know. But I love loving the Lord. He's been good to me. And I, I'll tell you more of my testimony as, as time permits, uh, a little bit at a time. But know this, that God has done a work in this man's life. And the same work that he did in my life, he can do in your life. He can do in your children's life. He can do, and as we yield ourselves unto him, God will work the work. And so with that being said, just help me with a little bit of this.
able to do exceedingly, abundantly, whatever we ask or think. He's able to do it. Yes, he is. He's able. 
If you if you like me, maybe there was a time that you thought that he was not able. Not that you really didn't think he was able, but you felt that he was not going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You maybe you felt that he was going to do it for the pastor. Oh, that's the pastor. Is God going to do anything he's going to do for the pastor? Uh, he's not thinking about little old me. Well, let me share something with you that sometimes pastors, leaders feel that God is not going to do it for them. Uh -huh. just, just that flesh, that human side of us that sometimes we put God on a level that we, because of maybe a family relationship, maybe because of our experience in the family or other relationships, you know, with things that, or people had let us down when they had built our hopes up. That's not God. You know, I read, I've read in the scripture where there were those that uh, felt that way. Leaders. Uh-huh. Leaders. I'm not talking about the ecclesia. I'm talking about the leaders that felt that way from time to time. And they had to, and they pouted. Uh-huh. They got very upset, pouted, and ran and hid, and Say, woe is me, I'm the only one left now, and all of those different things, and you know, that, that we say sometime. But I want you to know that God has got your back. He has you. And so, with that being said, we're gonna go on into the word of God, and 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 we're gonna seek him, and we're gonna seek him wholeheartedly, because that's what he desires. I was driving in and I'm listening to a little bit of a sermon from someone and they talked about that God is able to deliver and save you. They're talking about soul salvation. Whether you're the age to, not totally agree with that. Uh, John leaped in his mother's womb and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And they went on to say you could be 98 years old, maybe you haven't lived a holy life. You haven't lived a lifestyle that God has called for and you're on your deathbed ready to close your eyes. You may not be able to talk, but you can accept Christ by just maybe just tapping your feet or tapping your finger to let the person talking to you know that you are, that you are ready to receive the Lord. Well, and they used the thief on the cross as an example. But let's look at what the Bible has to say. First off, I'm not going to lie to you. Because that's not going to serve me any purpose and I'm saving my soul. Yes, I am. And so uh, that thief on the cross was on a different side of grace. We are in the dispensation of grace. That thief on the cross, that was before the death of Christ. And Jesus gave specific instructions to the apostles what needed to be done for salvation. There was no coincidence that anyone 
asked the question, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And Peter told them what they had to do to be saved. Someone said that's a doctrine of men. Well, the devil has mixed up a lot of things, but one thing that he cannot destroy and will not destroy, and that is the word of God. The Bible said heaven and earth would pass away before the word of God should fall. And so uh, Peter told them what they must do to be saved, and we see that echo throughout the scripture. Someone said water baptism is not necessary, but the children of Israel were baptized. They were baptized. The children of Israel, as they crossed through the Red Sea, was baptized. And so we know that there are certain things that is essential according to the word of God. And you're not going to be able to get around. So that 90-year-old person, that fictitious character that they were using, that though they might be ready to exit out of here, you've lived a life of sin. Never repented of that sin, and now you're exiting out of here. And all of a sudden, you're going to say, oh, forgive me, God. The Bible says some men's sins go before them. Other men's sins come after them. Do you really want to take that chance and allow the things that you have spent 98 years on this earth? I'll just stick with the 98-year-old man that they used. You really want to allow 98 years of mess to follow behind you and you stand before God? There are some people that are banking on that, that I can do all that I want to do. And then at that moment, on my last breath, God's going to forgive me and I'm going to enter into his kingdom. You better think again. Let's, let's be serious about our soul. And let's look at those that have died. Matter of fact, we're in the book of Revelation this morning, the, the, fifth, the sixth chapter. Let's look at those that have made the sacrifice. God's not going to ignore the sacrifice that have been made by those that preceded us. He's not going to ignore that. No. The Bible said repentance. Acceptance requires repentance. Repentance. Change. And, and so uh, there are those that have made the change. And some of you today need to make a change. We're in the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter. Beginning at the ninth verse, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy, and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwelleth on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a for a little while, a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. 
I want to read also Jeremiah 12 and 5. It says, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trusted, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the dwell in the swelling of Jordan? A testimony is a formal written or spoken statement. It is a public recounting of a conversation or experience. Uh, Sister uh, Maria gave a little bit of testimony this morning. She'll come back with more of how she has and her desire is that her will, that God's will and her will are the same. As a believer, the term to testify or to give a testimony means to tell the story of what God is or has done for you. The Bible tells us in Luke 17, 11, and 19, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria in Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. If you had leprosy, you were not permitted to make contact with anyone. You know, it's a, we know how it feels when we feel, uh, when we feel isolated. You don't feel that you have a friend. You don't feel that anyone cares. You know, whatever it is that's going through your mind and you feel isolated. It's a terrible feeling. These men had leprosy. And it was a terrible, it was a, I want to say it's a tear because I can't even imagine what they were experiencing and as they were seeing, as they were seeing body parts drop off, as they were watching their flesh deteriorate. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't see that except in horror movies. None of us have experienced that. But just what we have experienced has been enough. What well, we should be able and we should sympathize and empathize with others and never feel that we are above anyone because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You might feel healthy today and tomorrow your feet are swollen. All of a sudden you realize that you're having kidney problems. Or your blood pressure has shot up and, and uh, you find yourself in a situation where, uh, you know, a stroke is, is possible. Or you fall or, you know, anything can occur, an accident of some type. And you find yourself disabled and not able to function in the capacity that you did before. These 10 men were lepers. And they stood far off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, 
He said to them, go show yourselves unto the priests. When he gave the order for them to go and show themselves to the priests, at that moment, either they were going to obey what was said or they would have made an excuse. They would have taken another option and did nothing. You know, sometimes we get caught up in our feelings and we don't act or do the thing that we should do because we're letting our feelings dictate to us. Not our mind, but our feelings. And so he told them to go and show yourselves unto the priests. We're talking about the testimony because this would then become a testimony. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Had they not went to go and show themselves to the priests, I don't believe that the miracle would have occurred. Our obedience to what is told to us makes the difference. Our obedience to the instruction that is given to us is the game changer. And so as they went, they were cleansed. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, saw that his skin had changed, saw that there was, and I, I'm the Bible, I'm going to say that there was some growth. You know, Job went through something that uh, that at the end, the Bible said that his skin was softer, was more, uh, was better than baby skin. And so I'm going to say that the lepers, in their healing, skin may have become uh, rejuvenated and better than baby skin. God knows just what to do. And when he saw he was healed, he turned back. And with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, which uh, means the others that was with him uh, were something different. Now, maybe they were not uh, all Samaritans. Maybe some of them was uh, of other cultures, and, but they were all suffering the same thing. And Jesus answering said, where then are, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, unto him. Arise and go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. This man's testimony is that his faith has made him whole. He can tell everybody that I put my faith in Jesus Christ, the master, and I was made whole. He is a living testimony of what God could do Medicine couldn't do it. Men couldn't. No one else could do it. But God did. 
He trumped over tradition because the uh, under the, the the in the Old Testament when we look at the requirements of leprosy, they had to go to the priest and then they had to go through a series of rituals to confirm their cleanliness. That was what they had to do. This individual and in giving thanks to God and recognizing what God had done trumped that and was told to arise and go thy way. So instead of going to the priest, he was allowed to go home and say, look at me. Look at what God has done. You ought to tell somebody, look at me. Look what God has done. You know, I, I share, sometimes I tell people, I say, you know, it's good to be me. It's good to be me. Can, can you just say that it's good to be me this morning? You know, uh, I've said that, and I said, you ought to say that too. It's good to be me. And they, and, and they kind of stood back and looked at me because they thought I was telling them to say it. <laughs> but it's good to be me. And you should realize and say, it's good to be me. Because you cannot be anyone else. And the Lord told them to go thy way. Go and show your family. Go and show your friends. Go and show others that your faith has made you whole. Let's have some faith in God this morning. The Bible tells us, says have faith. Have. H-A-V-E. Have faith. It didn't say pray on it. It didn't say fast to have faith. Uh, it, it didn't say that. It, it didn't tell you to go to the altar and do cartwheels and you know run up and down the aisle you ain't got to jump no pews and pews or anything like that it just says have faith you dictate to your flesh you dictate to your spirit and say i'm going to believe god i'm going to trust god's word and let me shh, let me share something with you again everyone has had to do that Everyone has had to dictate to their flesh. Everyone has had to tell their spirit, I'm going to believe God, period. And after a while, after a while, you get used to doing that. You get used to telling self that I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow outside influences or anything else to dictate to me. Uh, this is going to be a mano-mano, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me and God. And I'm going to tell God when I'm struggling. The Bible said that the Lord told the man, he said, believe. And, it, and the man said, Lord, help my unbelief. That's not something you have to share with anyone else. That's between you and God. Mano-mano. It's, it's all about, there's some things that you just need to keep personal between you and God. Lord, help my unbelief. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. There are two instances where testimonies were given to the priests after the tradition. Then there is the exception where everyone will see and you are a living testimony. A testimony is ushered 
end by prayer, obedience, or just because. When it's a just because moment, that's when you can say that I am blessed and highly favored. I believe that right now the sun is shining on uh, each of us. We're in our respective places, wherever you are in the country. You know, maybe you got some rain, but that's still a blessing because the Bible said he allows it to rain upon the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous. So the unrighteous, when they receive what God sends, guess what? They can say, I'm blessed. Uh, don't get upset because somebody that's not living uh, the lifestyle did recognize a blessing and say that I am blessed. Somebody that, that stacks some cheddar. Somebody that had success in something that they were trying to do that was, let me clarify, not outside the will of God can still say I'm blessed. Okay? So, uh, and, but understand something. A blessing doesn't mean saved. Let, let, let me underline that again. A blessing does not mean that you are saved. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you received. It just means that we use, we use bless, blessing as in uh, 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 that I got something when it really means happy. I, I'm happy. But I received something. I got something I was looking for. I got something I wanted. And I'm enjoying the, uh, the fruit of that labor or whatever it is. And, but it doesn't mean that I'm saved. Just like righteousness or righteous does not mean that I'm saved either. There are a lot of righteous people. And they got family and friends that would say this person is right. They're ethical. They're moral. They, they're, they, they pay their bills on time. They do things that they're supposed to be doing. They make a vow. They commit themselves to it. They don't break their vow. All of those great things. But there is something that is missing in the acts of righteousness. So many have the good credit, higher learning, moral, ethical, practice, common sense. and But there's an ingredient that's missing. You know, if you bake a cake and you don't add eggs to it, I guess that means you're vegan. I don't listen. You bake a cake, you don't put eggs or dairy in it. You know, that's vegan, right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. No animal products. Okay, they, they corrected me. <laughs> They've given me the looks. And so, but you understand for those of us that want cake, you know, with eggs and milk in it, that if it's not, we're gonna taste that. And say, oh, that something is wrong. Something is not right. All the ingredients, the expected, there we go, the expected ingredients are not there. God expects certain, a certain ingredient to be added into your life of righteousness. And that is called holiness. That can only come from him. In order to be holy, as he is holy, you got to go to him. <laughs> Woo! Bless your name, Jesus. You got to go to God. And so you want all the ingredients.
ingredients that God is offering, because there are a number of ingredients that God is willing to give us. The Bible says, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the soul of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now recall the four seals have already been opened. The four horsemen have already been released to complete their given assignment upon the earth. The white horse is conquering, uh, gone forth conquering to conquer. The red horse is taking peace from the earth. And so there's self-destruction of men turning against men. The black horse the sit and the economy is in turmoil. Uh, unlike what they've ever seen before. The pale horse, death, hell, and, destru and destruction uh, by people using arms against one another as well as hunger, death, and the attack of animals. And now the fifth horse, the fifth, not the fifth horse, excuse me, the fifth seal has been opened. And there are some that say that they want to, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to, I'm going to wait until the, the, the church is caught up and during the tribulation period, I am going to become a martyr. I'm going to wait and I'm just going to die and, you know, and, and God is going to resurrect me and I'm going to live and I'm going to be saved during that time. Well, as you, we go through the book of Revelation you're going to find out that there are some things that are occurring with some that we have just read that should terrify you. It should scare the hell out of you. It should make you want to get right with God instead of taking that risk. We read from Jeremiah, the uh, 12th chapter, if thou can... If you can't run with the footman, if you're running now, if you're struggling, struggling with what's going on now, how are you going to contend with the horses? How are you going to contend with those powerful beasts that have authority? In the within the first few seals that we're seeing open, you struggling, but yet all of a sudden you're gonna gain the strength and the power and the tenacity to hang during a time that there is that the grace of God is not available. To the Gentiles. Oh, we all in old, we talking Old Testament here. Uh-huh. How are you going to hang then? Because see, the gospel that they're preaching in the New Testament is of the Old Testament with a more, with a more vivid, more clarity. Because John, I, I like how my godmother taught us as she presented the word of God that John had a panoramic view of what was going to happen during a time in his life where people expected him to be dead. Bless your name, Jesus. 
mighty God. Why would you want to be and live in that time of life? Oh, I'm going to endure. I'm going to be a martyr and be saved. The souls under the altar are the souls of them that lived a consecrated life unto the Lord. Like you and I, uh, they held on to the volume of the book. Uh, the Bible said the volume of the book, Jesus said the volume of the book is written about me. The volume of the book contains uh, about God. Humanity, sin and remission of sin. God is interested in remission of sin, your repentance, reunification, establishing relationship, no matter what you have done. Let me say that again. It don't matter what you have done. It does not matter where you've been, who you've been with, what y'all did. God is it. He knew all of that prior to. The, the lamb had been slain before the foundation of the world, meaning that God knew men would, would sin and go into turmoil. Already had made provision for you and I. That's love. That's concern. That's consideration for who we were and the duties that we would take on in the future. Oh, my God. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, God knows how to take that individual that you looked at and said they need to be incarcerated. God knows how to use that individual that you looked at and said, if I get my hands on you, I'm going... God knows how to use that individual that the family, oh, we're going to have an intervention and that didn't work. They went on back to doing what they were going to do. God knows how to use that individual just like he's using us where we say that I have been there. I have done that. I've been there. I've experienced that. I've been there. And look what God has done. God knows how to take a nobody and make somebody. God knows how to take nothing and make something. God knows how to take the weak. Matter of fact, he said, let the weak say that I'm what? Strong. Strong. Bless your Lord God. God said, call those things that are not as though they were. He knows what to do. And we, he's given us something to work with. We need to give God something to work with as well. Those souls under the altar are the souls of them that lived a consecrated life. They held on to the volume of the book. When the apostle Peter and John was released from the temporary uh, uh, jailing, uh, they were instructed. Then the high priest rose up and, and all they that were with him, which were of the sect of the Sadducees and were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple and 
uh, to the people all the words of this life. Somebody is hearing the words of this life. This life. Uh-huh. This is a lifestyle. To be saved, you have to embrace the lifestyle. Uh-huh. Just like we embrace the lifestyle of sin, that we need to embrace the lifestyle of living right. We embrace the lifestyle of being liars. We embrace the lifestyle of being adulterers and fornicators. We embrace the lifestyle of being pimps and hope. We embrace the lifestyle of being drug at. We embrace the lifestyle of whatever come to your mind uh, uh, of being a predator or even a super predator. We embrace the lifestyle of being a drunkard. We embrace the lifestyle uh, uh, and accepted those things of even being called out of our names. We accepted that at that moment. All of us did. Until something clicked. Until the goodness of God that leads us to repentance and it met us one day and we recognized the goodness of God and we began to follow the goodness of God. And as we follow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Mighty God. Oh. Mm. Ha! Glory to your name, Jesus. My God. As we begin to follow the goodness of God, uh-huh, uh, with every step that we took, uh, the, the past was being erased. Uh-huh. The goodness of God, and with every move that we made, the previous move that we was involved in was being erased from our record. God knew just, and knows just what to do to remove the stain of sin. Bless your God. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. The Bible tells us that therefore seeing we have this ministry that God took some folks, folks like you and me, and gave us a ministry, gave us some service. And he said, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. We no longer act with dishonesty. Uh, we're not walking in craftiness and we're certainly not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, we're holding on to the truth of God and commending ourselves to every man's conscience. We're talking to our brothers and our sisters. We're talking to our loved ones and family, our co-workers, and as many as strangers, our neighbors and others uh, committing and showing them that we are a living testimony of what God can do. He said, but if this gospel be hid, it's hid from them that are lost and whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of some of them which believe not. Unbelief is a blinding factor. It won't allow you to see what God wants to show you. Uh, and, and so, but the, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, 
should shine on them like it shine on us. For we preach not ourselves. I'm not interested in telling you about Pastor Carl unless it's related to the gospel and what God has done. I'm not interested in talking about and emphasizing and blowing up what I did, uh, you know, but I want to talk about what God has done. And so uh, we don't preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ, the Lord, and ourselves as servants unto him. Uh, the one that commanded the light to shine out of darkness and shine in our hearts to give the light of knowledge and glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, we have this treasure. We have something within us in this earthen vessel, the excellency of his power uh, that God, uh, not of us, but of God himself, not of our personal use, but the use of God, we have this treasure. We have something inside of us. God has placed something in each one of his servants so that he can use it and it will be called upon at any time. Like the hall of faith, the Bible provides a glimpse in the book of Hebrews that they endured cruel mockings of that day. They uh, did with some scourging and torturing and imprisonment, stone, but they wanted to obtain a good report. They didn't denounce Christ because of what they was going through. They held on to their faith. Wherefore, we are compassed about with a great cloud of witness. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. So that not only the sin separate us from God, but there are weights and things that we know we should not do because it would slow us down. It could bring us to a complete stop. And so therefore we have to uh, uh, separate ourselves from those things. He said, let us run the race with patience that is set before us. The 10th verse said, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord? Holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Someone is crying out. They're not keeping silent. No shame in their game. When it's about their soul salvation, they fled youthful lust, followed after righteousness. Uh, let me, let me, let me just go back here for a moment. I said youthful lust. Some, some are in their forties. Some are in their fifties. Some are in their 60s and still trying to carry on as if they're in their 20s and 30s. You need to flee youthful lusts. Mm-hmm. Mighty God, that you need to leave those things alone. Grow up and take on responsibility as men and women, being my business-minded, uh, handling business about your soul. They fled youthful lusts, followed after righteousness, chased after godliness, kept the faith, didn't uh, uh, love, they didn't just love the person next to them, but they loved family, friends, and neighbors. They was patient and obedient, and they fought a good fight of faith and laid hold on eternal life. Those are they which are under the altar. They did all of that. Those that are under the altar are the ones that was thrown in lion den. Those that were under the altar were wrapped up in animal skin and chased after by wild animals. Those under the altar were slain by the sword. 
pushed and shoved, shoved inside of a hollow tree and they cut in half. John, who has received this vision, was boiled in oil. And when he didn't die, they abandoned him to the Isle of Patmos. And you gonna tell me that God is not concerned with what we, that we can just do whatever, and someone has bled the blood of, now these are mortars that would not surrender their faith. All, some of them, all they had to do was denounce God and they would have been set free. Hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. And they said, no. No, I'm not going to denounce him. Uh, no, 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 no. He's been doing good for me. They thought about their resurrection. They thought about the glory and the reward that they have to receive. They looked at the common sense of life that we are born and then we die. We step into time and then we're out of time into eternity. Bless you, Jesus. The Bible tells us that these are they who have an actual living testimony. Leviticus 18, 1 through 5. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel. And say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doing of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwell, shall ye not do? And after the things of the land of the Canaan, in other words, don't follow what, the, what everybody's doing. You saw what the Egyptians did, don't do that. You saw what the people in the land of Canaan, don't do that. Whether I bring you, you shall not do. With the blessings that I give you, I'm not giving you, I'm not blessing you and bringing you out and delivering for you to go back and do everything that you want to do and things that are offensive to me. And then at the same time, you go, see, Israel was religious. They didn't stop believing in God, but they picked up a whole lot of stuff that God said, do not do. From the time that they left Egypt, the time that they delivered, God said, don't bring that mess with you. And they did it anyway. Neither shall you walk in their ordinance. Ye shall do my judgments and keep my ordinance to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgment, which if a man do. These are the ones that are under the altar. They did it. If a man should do them. They heard this word and they did it. If they should do them, they shall live in them. I am the Lord. Those are the ones that's under the altar. Will ye be one that that will at the end say that I've kept the testimony of the Lord. Maybe up to this moment, up to this time, you haven't kept the testimony of the Lord. But this is, you know, this is a new day. This is a new day. You, you did what you wanted to do yesterday. You were coerced in some things the day before. But that was the past. This is the present. And it, it and so understand something. This is a marathon for some and it's a sprint for others. I'm in a sprint. I'm sprinting right now. I'm sprinting. I'm running for my life. I'm running. I'm running. 
I'm running where applicable, and then I'm pacing myself in other areas that I can. Knowing that it's, and so you need to do the same. The Bible said white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little while unto their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. God, listen to their testimony. He's listening to yours. What will it be? He compared it to his word. Your testimony needs to line up with the word of God. Revelation 3 and 4 and 18 gives us uh, some insight. It says, uh, you have a few people in Sardis which have not been soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white robes. They are worthy for they are worthy. God has white robes to hand out to those that are found worthy. I didn't say wings. I said white robes. I didn't say hearts. I said white robes. And we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that, but you know, the 18th verse says, I advise you to buy of me gold refined with fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may be clothed yourself in your shame. The white garment is going to cover what otherwise you would be shamed to be seen. Well, that starts now. When you enter the church, not only are we entering into the presence of the Lord, but I want you to know that, that you're in a place where right now you're being fitted. You're being fitted. If you've ever been fitted for a garment, you know, uh, ladies probably know this more than men, but not, that's not an absolute. But if you've been fitted for a garment, you know, you go in and you get your guys get their waist measured. You know, I'm a 31, get measured, find out you're 36. Women go in and get measured. You know, that size three look good. And maybe that works. But you get measured. You get measured for that particular, for that garment. Well, right now you're being measured for your robe of righteousness. You're being measured right now. You're, the tailor is here measuring you. You're being fitted and suited for what is proper that is for you. Only for you, because cat nobody else just not a hand-me-down. You're not going to get your uh, 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 the, the garment that someone else wore. It's not a hand-me-down. This is fresh. It's brand new. Just for you. The cover. God's not going to be exposing your shame. No, because the shame that you would have had has already gone ahead of you. That's why we deal with sin now. It's already gone ahead of each of us and it's already been dealt with. It's already been dealt with. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, and we just pray and ask that you would bless us to... Uh, embrace your word. Help us, Lord God, to govern ourselves according to your will. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, so that we live according to your desire and not the desire of men and others. Help us, Lord God, on the jobs, in school. Lord Jesus, 
in recreation, wherever we are. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless us to govern ourselves according to your will so that we may hear your voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over much. We ask and bless it in Jesus' name. Listen, if you've not had your sins remitted, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, go to a church of truth and power. Let them know that you want to be saved. Let them know that remission of sin is in Jesus' name and you want to be baptized, not in titles, but he told them to baptize in the name. And so you want to line it with the word of God and have your sins remitted. Remember, this is not a, it's a marathon. Take your time and day by day, not going to live a year in one day, but you're going to live one day at a time. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Until then, be blessed in the Lord and rest assured that God has your back.